Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Mark chapter 16, verse 1 through 7, the message translation says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so they could embalm him. Very early on Sunday morning, as the sun rose, they went to the tomb. They worried out loud to each other, who will roll back the stone from the tomb for us? Then they looked up and saw that it had been rolled back, a huge stone. It's a huge stone. And they walked right in. They looked up and um, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in all white. They were completely taken aback, astonished astonished at what they were walking into. He said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, the one they nailed to the cross, but he's been raised up. He is risen. He's no longer here. You can see for yourselves the place is empty. Now on your way, as you go essentially, tell the disciples and Peter that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there exactly as he said. This is what we celebrate today. This is Dry Bones Rattling. This is Resurrection Sunday. So, good evening. We are uh, live for the last time on uh, Easter Sunday here in my front yard. And it's been an incredibly powerful Sunday as we've seen um, so many people interact with the message of the gospel. And so, if you're here tonight for the first time um, or you've been a, a redefined follower, thank you. Thank you for being here. You've made today uh, really special. I hope the message has impacted you. I hope today. Um, gives you great perspective. And so this is the most important day in history. This day changes everything for us as believers. And so it confirms what happened on Friday when Jesus stood in our place, a holy, perfect human being, a sacrifice, a holy human sacrifice that stood in the place for the atonement of our sin and the restoration of our fellowship and our relationship with God. Today we see that the tomb is empty, that He is risen and we're grateful. And so before we jump into today's message, which is pretty short, I just want to take a moment and pray. So will you bow your heads, Father God? Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, just to come to you one more time today to remember what a great day this is for us, Lord, who you've called us to be, Lord. Thank you for the victory, the power, and the love that lie within your name that come with you. Thank you for defeating death, Lord, by your might. Thank you, Lord, that you gave your only son, Jesus, that he was raised from the dead, Lord, that you paved the way for us to have new life with you. Thank you for restoring our relationship with you today, for having a plan, for making a way, Lord, for us to be in fellowship with you again, again. Help us to lean in today. Thank you for opening hearts and hands, for calling people home, Lord. We love you. We're honored to gather today in your name, regardless of where we set, Lord. Open our ears and our hearts to hear. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Today is Resurrection Sunday. Resurrection Sunday is where we find hope for eternal life. It's where we find our hope as believers. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 says it very plainly. It says, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, period. This is the foundation of our faith. And so the title for today is Resurrection is Your Restart. Resurrection is your restart because our faith rests on the resurrection. It is our restart, especially when it comes to our relationship, when it comes to fellowship 
with God. And so you'd say, well, what does that mean? I mean, you know, there's a lot of catchy Easter titles and every year it seems like it's something different, but the same message and it's true. The gospel, the gospel's never changing. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so what I want to show you is in John chapter 1, verses 10 through 13, I'm in the Amplified Bible tonight. It says it very plainly. It says, He, Christ, was in the world. And though the world was made through Him, the world did not recognize Him. He came to that which was His own, that which belonged to Him, His world, His creation, His possession. And those who were His own people, the human race, the Jewish nation, did not receive Him. They did not welcome Him. But to as many, this is, this is, a, powerful, uh, this is a powerful verse for us, but to as many as did receive and welcome Him, He gave the right. He gave you the right today. The authority, the privilege to become children of God. That is to those who believe in His name, which means to adhere to, to trust and to rely on His name. Who were born not of blood, which is natural conception, nor of the will of the flesh, which is a physical impulse, nor of the will of man, which is that of a natural father, but it's spiritual. What are you saying? It's spiritual. But of God, that is a divine and supernatural birth, born of God, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, children of God. You have this right. You have this right today. And what this is saying is that when we receive and welcome Jesus into our lives, when He comes into our heart, when we, when we receive the Spirit of God inside of us, we gain the right to become His. We gain the right to become children of God. Today we call this adoption. Adoption. If you know anything about adoption, it is the legal. It's when you legally raise somebody up as your own. Take somebody in and you raise them up as your own. That's what right you have today to be called sons of God, daughters of God, royalty. Royalty, you're a royal priesthood. Many of us know this today, but we don't believe it. We know it, but we don't believe it. And we say, well, God God could never. And and the truth is, is God can always. It's not, it's not that God could never love me. It's God can always love you. God will always love you. And we make excuses, or we excuse it all together. We just say, you know, I know that. You know, Dusty, I was taught that back in, back in children's church, back in, you know, small group, back in whatever, whatever it was for you, whatever generation of church that you came up in. And the reality is this, we all have stuff to get through, but getting through with Jesus makes it easier. It makes it better. And the promise on the other side with Jesus is way more fulfilling. It's eternal. And so then you can't say that I have stuff to get through or, or when I just get over this, you know, I, yeah, I know that's the message and I know that that's true. And I know that right is mine, but, but Dusty, and, and you can say, well, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready to make that decision. I still have some wild oats to sow. I still have some things that I like to accomplish before I, before I give my whole life away. And God says, when you, when you receive him, you gain everything. You gain everything. And so, if you say that you're not ready, I've, I've been in fistfights over this. Well, you know, when I'm good and ready, I'll, I'll let God know. Let me just keep that arm's length. Let me just keep him over here. And as long as I can keep him here and do what I do, man, when, when, the, when the crap hits the fan, when it gets going, when it goes real hard, when the bullets start flying and, and, and things are bad, I'll, I'll pull him in. And the reality is he's already there. He's already there. He's just waiting on you. And so the news flash is, is it's, not, it's not about being ready. Ready happened 2,000 years ago. Ready already happened. You're already ready. Ready happened 2,000 years ago. So what you're trying to carry or what you're continuing to hold on to, what you wrestle with, what weighs you down, what stresses you has been handled. 
it was handled 2,000 years ago. That's what we celebrate today. You only have to let it go. This is so hard. This is so hard. And I'll just tell you, for me, it happened like this. Just loosen your grip, right? And what you need to understand is there, there's, there's nothing you're ever going to, to learn, realize, or figure out in your head that's going to make it any better. This is not something that you're going to figure out. This is not a puzzle that you're going to solve. This is not a, um, a give and take. Well, if I, just, if, I, if I just give this up and do this, maybe, maybe I can start praying in the car. You know, well, if I, you know, if, if, at the end of the day, when you're stressed out to the max and you're exhausted in every avenue that you, <laughs> there's physically possible, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all those things. And you say, man, if I could just, and you wake up, you're, you're, you're drained and you're just hoping to wake up on zero, even. So the world can suck the life out of you again. It's nothing. It's nothing that you're going to figure out in your head. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And so you just need to accept it. This is something you have to accept. This is a, this is a, this is a personal issue. It's a heart issue. And for God's sake, today, for God's sake, just open your hands. Just open your heart and receive. Let go of the excuses so you can receive the truth. Let go of the excuses so you can receive the truth. Why? Why? Because God knew that you couldn't carry the weight of the world. You're not meant to carry it. That's why He sent Jesus. He also knew you wouldn't be perfect. It's Romans 3.23. We all fall down. We all fall short. We all fall down. Sounds good, but Dusty, you don't understand. I'm, I'm different. I had a bad childhood. I was, I was hurt. I, I'm not trying to pretend to fit in your place today or understand your upbringing or your past because it's not my place. I'll never do that. It's Jesus' place. That's why he calls you a son and a daughter. And you're saying, okay. It's Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. This is the Amplified. It says, just as in his love, he chose us in Christ, which means he actually selected us for himself as his own before the foundation of the world so that we would be holy. That is consecrated, set apart for him, purpose driven. That's spiritually purpose driven and blameless in his sight in love. He predestined and lovingly planned for us to be adopted to Himself as His own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the kind intention and good pleasure of His will. What you see here is that God sees you and He sees me as equal. He sees us both as worthy. He sees the earth and everything in it, every living, breathing human being, every red-blooded soul. He sees us as worthy to become children of God. And He wants us to be part of the family, the family of faith, the body of believers, the family of God. It's what you see in Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. And you would say, well, that's, that's tough because, you know, that's, that's not the God that I know. And I just want to tell you that um, if you've been hurt in the past by a church or a pastor, or, um, don't, get, don't get those two confused because God loves you. God loves you today. It's proof. Today is proof of that. 
And so I'm going to show you that in Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6, it says, He's a father to the fatherless. He gives justice to the widows, for He is holy. He gives families to the lonely. He gives lonely people families to belong to. The message translation of this is powerful. It says, He's a father of orphans. The champion of widows is God in His holy house. God makes home for, homes for the homeless. He leads prisoners to freedom. And He leaves rebels to rot in hell. It's yes or no. You cannot be lukewarm with God. If we look at where we are today, you know, post-COVID, trying to get back to some type of normal, we love interaction. We miss community. We miss being with each other. We miss being part of that. We miss that family feel, whether it be a friends group or uh, team sports, whether your family is um, blended or maybe you come from, you came from a split home where this is another marriage coming back together and you have stepbrothers or whatever. Maybe it could just be biological, and it is what it is. Regardless of, of, of any case that you have in those arenas, we love being together. God meant for us to act with one another in family form. That's how it's supposed to be. And God makes this known through Scripture by giving us His Son. And He shows us that adoption and family is what He desires with you, with me, with us. This is why He created you. He created you for relationship. We broke that in the garden. Adam and Eve did that. We lived that way for a long time. And Jesus came and restored that. And what I want to tell you today, this is so real for me because I'm adopted. I'm adopted. The man that I call dad is not my biological father. As cars roll by. He's my earthly father. And I call him dad. But he's not my heavenly father nor can He provide what my Heavenly Father does, nor can He give what God gives to me. Jesus experienced this too. I'm not saying that I'm like Jesus today. I'm just saying Jesus as stepdad. Joseph had to assume the role of stepdad from the beginning. From the beginning. And so Jesus walks this out too. He sets an example for this too. And my whole life I went by a different name. And... I did that to honor my dad, to honor my grandpa. When I was 18, I legally changed my name. So what that meant growing up was the whole time people would call roll at school or, you know, take attendance or uh, new to a team. And they would say, Dusty. And I'd say, it's Otis. Hey, it's Otis. It's Otis. And I had done that so much my whole, my whole childhood that by the time I was 18, everybody already knew me as Dusty Otis. Only in the legal places would you get called your real last name, right? In my whole life, I went by that last name. And, and when I changed my name, and, and I believed something was going to change. But it was really only a formality. It was really a formality. It was really for my kids. It was really for my family, this generation, and the generation after them, to establish a generation of Otises that hadn't been established. And the reality is, two months later, I received my real adoption as I was serious, I had heart change. I intentionally asked Jesus to come into my life to save my life. I followed through a month later with water baptism. I've still got the 1990 certificate to prove it. And what I hope that you see with my adoption is when my name changed, my circumstances didn't. It's a worldly change with an earthly dad. And I thought with that change, I thought that I would be closer part of my family. 
I thought that I would be or have a greater connection with my dad. And there wasn't. And the reason is, is because I created it. I did it. I put out the education. I set through the process. I did my part. I accomplished that. And it wasn't bad, but it was because I did it. And so there was no change because it was me. Now, when I made the, the willing, when I opened my hands and I received Jesus, it changed my life. It changed how I thought. It changed how I behaved. I no longer was just a good person. I was a follower of Jesus. When I was baptized, it changed the way I talked. It was how I stepped into the call of ministry. It was where I got it. I'll never forget. It's why I'm standing here today. What happened? The difference is I accepted the fact that I was the son of a king. John 1.12, Psalm 68, Ephesians 1.4. I accepted it. I welcomed it. I received it. I accepted the fact that I had a heavenly father who loved me, who knew me, still knows me, who wants what's best for me right now. I was adopted. And it wasn't something that I did. It wasn't a, a job or a task that I completed. It wasn't a form that I filled out, an application. It wasn't a, a court hearing that I went and sat through. The message I'm sharing, I'm living. And I just want to share you. I'm sharing that because God chose me first, just like he chose you first. Chose you in advance. And what you see is in John chapter 1, it's confirmed. Uh, John chapter 1, you see this. It's confirmed in Ephesians chapter 1, and it's sealed It's sealed with the blood of Jesus. That's what today represents. And if we try to figure this out in our head, or if we stop at the stone being rolled away, we miss it. We miss it because that can happen without us. Life is not about being a good person, doing a random good deed to make yourself feel good, putting a sign in your yard so the whole neighborhood knows that I love kindness. Don't we all love kindness? Even the worst person in the world loves it when somebody's nice to them. Being a good person doesn't save your life. It doesn't get you into eternity. It's about having fellowship and being in real relationship with God. It's living what Jesus died to restore. That's what today's about. Your action step today is Romans 10.9. Romans 10.9 is a beautiful verse. It echoes John 1.12 and Ephesians 1.4. It says, Because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord means recognizing His power, authority, and majesty as God and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. Remember earlier we talked about this being a heart issue. This is not a game to play. It's not give and take. It's not a puzzle to figure out. It's not another, another weight that you need to carry. And it's not losing your life. That's definitely not what it is. John, uh, I mean, sorry, Romans 10.10 says it perfect. For with the heart a person believes, not your head. You're not going to believe anything in your head. Head knowledge doesn't make you any different. Okay? It doesn't. For with the heart a person believes in Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification. That is, being made righteous, being freed of guilt and sin and made acceptable to God. And with the mouth, with the mouth, acknowledges and confesses with his faith, openly, resulting in and confirming his salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him, which means whoever adheres to, trusts in, and relies on him. Relies on him. What's that mean? 
we got this, God, not I got this. It says that when you do that, you will not be disappointed in your expectations. God's always going to have your back. Verse 12 said there's no distinction between Jew or Gentile, for the same Lord is Lord over all. You're made in His image, created in His image. You look like Him. You look like me. I look like you. We look like each other. We all look like Christ. It's all of us, the human race. And He is abounding in riches, blessings, blessings for all who call on Him in faith and prayer. And faith and prayer, what's that mean? Boy, that sounds familiar. It's relationship and fellowship. This is what Jesus restored on the cross and rose today. We're back. We're back in the fold. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord in prayer will be saved. So it's really simple. Let's get serious. I'm just going to challenge you to be serious today. This is nothing that I need to know about. This is between you and God. So I'm just going to ask you to go to go to God in prayer with me. And in this, there's three things. If you're a current believer, you're faithful follower of Christ. One, thank you. The world needs you. The world needs you. God is proud of you today. He is. Thank you. He sees you. You're not forgotten. You're not alone. He sees you. Two, if you once were a follower, you were faithful, but you broke your fellowship for some odd reason, join the club, so did I. You want to reestablish that relationship today. That's what this is about. Or if you've never established a relationship today, but you need to know who Jesus is. You need to know. Now's your time. The biggest step, the greatest decision you're ever going to make. We call this a believer's prayer. I'm going to put it up on the screen right now. I'm just going to pray this together. Pray it out loud, as, as quiet as a whisper, or as loud as you want to yell it. But let's ask God to do what only God can do. Father God, I believe everything you create has a purpose, including me. I don't want to miss it or waste it. I don't want to live disconnected from you. I want to become who you called me to be. I want to follow your will for my life. I know that you made me for a relationship with you. Help me get to know you more. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay for my sin. Help me to understand that. I humbly ask you, God, to accept me into your family. Jesus, I believe you died and rose again. I received the sacrifice and gift of your life. Come into my heart. Make me new. I invite you into every area of my life. Help me to be more like you every day. Thank you for this moment. Help me never forget it. Thank you for being my Savior and calling me friend. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and meant it today, heart change happened, just received the Spirit of God. Jesus is there. He's with you. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. It's a big deal. Your next step would be to reach out. Contact me. Let me know that you prayed that prayer in any regard. If you just rededicated your life, if you just reaffirmed your faith as a believer, or if you made the, made the biggest decision of your life and started following Jesus. Amazing. Amazing. I'm proud of you. It's the best decision you'll ever make. I'll say it until I die. It's the best decision you will ever make. If you have questions today, you're not sure what we just prayed or or man, that the message made some sense, but you're just like, man, I would like to know a little bit more. I'd like to go a little bit deeper. Please call, text, 
email me. That information's on the bottom of the screen as the sun beams through. You would say, well, Dusty, what does is, what is being in the family look like? And I just want to say this. You've got to take an action step. Otherwise, the decision you just made today, you'll talk yourself out of in the minutes and hours and days to come. You need to get a Bible in your hand. You need a book. You need somebody to walk with you, and that's me. So please follow through with your action step by texting or calling or emailing me so I can get back to you and get you what you need, all right? Being part of the family looks like this. The best example that we see of this is in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Hang on with me because this is how we're dismissing, okay? Luke 15, you see the story of the prodigal son. His father, he has wealth. There's a younger brother and an older brother. The younger brother gets tired of being the younger brother. So he says, hey, give me my stuff. Okay, whatever that inheritance that you're going to give me when I get old, just give it to me now. I'm out. He goes, he wastes it. He burns it all on the world, on dumb stuff that the world tells him is cool. And he realizes that it's not so cool being thrown it on your face and, you know, living your days walling around with pigs and hogs. Find yourself starving to death because you don't have food to eat. And so he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not worthy to be called a son anymore. I'm not worthy to bear the name of my dad, but I, I can go back and I can work for him. I can be one of his hired servants. And so that's what he does. He, he makes this trek back to his dad's house. And when his dad sees him, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Back then, fathers didn't run to their sons. It, it, was, it was, you know, you kind of took a step down. You were looked at differently if you did that. But the father's out and he's been looking for him and he's been hoping for his return. And one day he's out and he sees his son and he takes off down around the corner. He runs. He's running to his son and he gets all the way out and his son doesn't know what to say or expect because he's shamed and he's guilty and he's wronged and he's sinned and, and his father wraps his arms around him and he hugs him and he says, welcome home, welcome back. And the son says, I'm not worthy. Dad, I, I don't want to be a burden to you. I know that I've done wrong. Just hire me, please. Let me just work here. And the dad says, no, 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 no. Bring my best robe and a ring and put some sandals on his feet and get the calf, get the fatted calf, get the, get the best one we got. We're celebrating tonight because you were lost and now you're found. The older brother hears about this. He's upset. He is upset. He wants to have words with his dad. You see this in Matthew 15, 31. It says, everything I have is yours. And he comes out and, and you know, I, I can only imagine how that conversation went because the, the, the older son, he's been there the whole time. He's been working, working, serving, living he says dad come on man i've been look look at me have you forgot about me god never forgets you the faithful follower of jesus he never forgets you and the dad says son i've been with you i'm right here everything i have is yours all this is yours you can have it and in that what you see is in the father's answer to both sons, he says the same thing. Everything I have is yours. This is, this is God's response to us today. Everything I have. What do you mean everything? He gave his son. Everything you have. Period. Would never, ever, ever amount to the gift of Jesus. And today there's nothing that you're going to give God that is not already his. The only thing you're ever going to give God that's going to impress him is your heart. Everything else he already owns. The only way you're ever going 
to impress God is by giving Him your heart. It's why He sent Jesus. Because Jesus traded His blood for your brokenness. And regardless of your circumstance, whether you sit in the seat of the older brother or the brother who just got back, God loves you and God sees you. And what He's saying is, here I am. You can have it all. And the only thing that we can be today is as available to God as God is to us. God's so consistent and He's so faithful. This is God's message to you in the gift of His Son. Here I am. Here I am. This is why resurrection is your restart. This is why you have everything that you will ever need when you have Jesus. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.